Bring your mic up, tilt it up just a little bit. It doesn't bit. sound right, does it? I just need you to be speaking more directly into it. How about this? That's good. That is yes. perfect right there. Yeah, it didn't sound right before. Yeah. Am I okay here? You're yeah, you're wonderful. You're amazing. You're you just keep being awesome, you. Oh my god. Can I have that part of the recording just to <laughs> carry around with me? This with episode is brought to you too. by You Are Doing Awesome. Mind Gap Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And boy, boy, what a guest do we have with us today. You may know her from Mahalo Base. What? You may know her from Butthead. What? You may know her from Tilda. What? You may know her from Big Wizard. What? And you may know her from Infinite Sundays. What? I can't get any higher. Tell me that's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay. Please welcome Brittany Buckbinder. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> She's so happy. She's just like, <laughs> that was the very personification of the, the word swell. Like when she says, big old smile. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. So, uh, Brittany, you hail from Long Island. Is that correct? I do. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, tell us a little bit about you, how you got here to this very moment. Well, uh, do we have an hour? Yeah, we have all the hours. Great. Um, yeah, I grew up on Long Island, and I dreamed of being a Broadway star. Wow. And um, and then sometimes dreams die, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> Been so there. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I came out here looking for a sweet theater school, um, and I went to Northwestern, and then I, uh, I just stayed. A lot of my friends were staying in Chicago. It seemed like a, a good place that was less intimidating than other cities um, to do theater in. And then a couple years ago, I found out that the comedy scene is also here, um, which is so great and so nice. fun. And that's uh, that's why I'm here. That's so cool. That's So awesome. the focus shifted more from like dramatic theater to comedy? Yeah. More so? Yeah. What, what bit you about the comedy bug? Like what made you want to change directions in the theater world? Um, well... It was sort of a personally tumultuous time. I was hot off a breakup, and I had always wanted to take an improv class. And so, you know, I wasn't super stable in what I was doing at that moment anyway, like really sure that um, I was getting any kind of traction. So um, I loved the class I took at Second City and then started taking class at I.O., and then somebody... Um, turned me on to the fact that you could start performing just like whenever you want. You don't actually have to finish a class to <laughs> do a show. Um, and then, yeah, some of my buddies got a group together and like bing, bang, boom. Now now I do shows a bunch. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That was the Long Island coming out right there. That's awesome. And bing, bang, boom, forget about it. Bing, bang, bada, bing, bada, boom. They're oh. like, you know, come back. Yes, and thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's funny because Justin and I, we, we did A through E at Second City together. And I remember one point in time you were talking about doing shows, and I was like, we can't do shows. 
We, we can't do <laughs> we're that not, yet. We're not, we're not good enough. We haven't gotten the nod yet. We haven't gotten, there's no way. Like, people were like, hey, do you want to hang out in a room after class and, like, do some, like, you know, extra stuff? I'm like, what, without a teacher? Are you crazy? <laughs> Who's going to coach us? We can't do that. We can't self-coach. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go into that just that, that just barbaric state. That's there's, insane. There's a, if listeners to the podcast have, have heard this before, but there's a side of Doug that, that's called Practical Doug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Practical Doug was was running rampant in that point in his life and he was just he no, rules, no, no. He, we can't he rules most of my life in general but he's as I've done more and more comedy he's been like alright cool this is alright we can let go of the rules a little bit it's like there are rules and we must follow those rules and right now that doesn't feel right we are students we are students we cannot perform and then I finally got over that and it's been much better since then. <laughs> I felt the same way at first, though, because I, I started taking class at Second City, too. I did the IFA classes. Mm-hmm. And so you pretty much just do scenes. You don't do full pieces. And like mm-hmm. I remember the first show I ever did was with that class. And we were amazed that, you know, getting from scene to scene, actually not so crazy. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. What was that transition like for you going from like the dramatic, I'm assuming you focused on in school to like the comedy where it's like, hey, this whole new process. What was that like? It's kind of lame, but it sort of felt like coming home in a way. Like I, like my dad's a very, very funny guy, and Mm -hmm. he uh, introduced me to like, you know, Fire Sign Theater and um, Bob and Ray, and you know, all like just every very famous comedy movie that you probably should have seen at some point. Sure. Um, And so, like, our household was very goofy and and silly, and in in a lot of ways, like, there's some things about more serious plays that I, I think are great and I love watching when it's good and I love doing when um, it's good was the footnote there <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard you know it's really hard to do good work like sure. the, the last like really serious thing I did was the school at Steppenwolf and that was where I really learned like if you're gonna do it right it's just it's so hard because then you're heartbroken a right. lot and you somehow have to figure out a way to compartmentalize that so it's hard so um it really felt like like finally trying on a shoe that fit in a way like sure oh it's so much more fun to, for me to make right. people laugh and uh and i, I just love it and when again you don't have to get the nod from someone in order to do this show there's i, I would feel that there's much less rejection rejection in the comedy and improv world well, where you can just yeah, that's another step <laughs> or it's a different type not. of rejection when people don't laugh they're rejecting you well okay that's a that's a fair point but i'm saying like you, know, like you were saying you can book your own shows sure. you can you don't have Absolutely. to wait for the green light from someone but yes and with writing that, too like yeah. At, yeah because at some point i also started putting up my own shows and that felt so great like yeah. i'm oh i'm not auditioning for anybody i'm in charge yeah. so that was really great because i'm a control freak apparently is a thing i've learned <laughs> Um, so I'm just feeding my um, neuroses and following my impulses. And there it's, you go. Uh, it's and it's fun. doing well for you so far. So far, So yeah. far, right. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say because I barely dipped my toes into like acting stuff. Like I did the first three levels at Second City of Acting. And I was like, good Lord, this is really <laughs> difficult. Like I... Practical it, Doug had a hard time letting go. I wasn't as bad at that point. But geez, like committing emotionally that hard all the time and doing it without sounding like you're acting. I was like actually getting there emotionally. I was like, holy shit. These people are really good that can do that. Like I had a whole new appreciation for it. I'm like, I'm not going to rip on people as much anymore, man. Like this, <laughs> you see people like acting in movies like, ah, oh, this guy sucks. Uh, right. you know, fuck, fuck I don't that. believe it. Oh, yeah. Look at this Nick Cage bastard. Look at him go. But I'm like, no, like even the stuff that he's doing, I'm like, it's hard to right. 
100% commit yourself emotionally to that moment and be like, this is who I am. I'm supposed to be angry, and I'm going to seem angry. But then they're like, cut, and you're like, all right, cool. I'm good. Right. Or like doing something, you know, I remember listening to something with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he said doing, I can't remember what role he was doing, but he said it was really hard to wash that role off of him. That even some of it was still lingering after months and like months. He just and couldn't months. let let it was a shed real serious yeah. thing. He said he would do it for like eighteen hours a day, and he'd come home and try to like get it off of him. Yeah. And he couldn't, and it was just really hard. And I was like, ugh. But that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do to like get there and, yeah. and stay there. And I was like, that was the thing. Like when I finally felt like I was doing a good job, I was like emotionally wrecked, and then somehow <laughs> had to like. Go home, figure out how to like go to sleep and go to work the next day. Right, right. I and mean, you go to work and you're like, I'm upset, but I don't know why I'm upset. I have no reason to be, but yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I was like uh, doing this Richard the uh, Third thing geez. where yeah, and I was like, oh man, I was just uh, exiled, sentenced to death. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, small coffee. Uh, I'm trying to like order at Starbucks. I'm thinking about how my husband asked somebody else to kill me. <laughs> Right. And I mean, I have a hard enough time going to bed after a show, like a comedy show. Like, I'm amped or whatever. Right, you're imagine just pumping. like, you go home and you're just like, I died tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got to die the next seven nights in a row. Right. Like, and I have to do it well and believably. Like, ugh. I think that's why improvisers drink socially and actors drink alone. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the quote of the podcast. That is, that that is, is the quote. That's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Make note that happened at. Hold on. Oh, no, it's not opening. Eight, Eight minutes. All right, I'm Eight noting minutes. that. Yeah. Mark that down. We're putting that in a coffee mug, and we're selling that. <laughs> Brittany Bookbinder. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, topic for today. That was a good segue, right? No. <laughs> terrible. I'm working on them. Sometimes so, speaking of acting. Speaking of acting. There you go. What's that have to do with our topic? Is oh, that, that's right. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing up an alley-oop, and I just missed <laughs> Um, so John Malkovich, I read this article about John Malkovich, who is working with Robert Rodriguez to film a movie called A Hundred Years, the movie you won't see, that has been locked in a vault, in a time-locked vault, that will not open until the Cannes Festival 2115. It seems weird. November 2115. And then it will open, and then people will see this movie, which they're trying to depict what the movie, or what the world will look like in a hundred years. Now, but, well, no, but they, the, in that article, it said that the movie allegedly was because n- no one has seen footage from it. But they said the movie was supposed to be set in present day. Was it? Now that's mm-hmm. now what, whether or not present day means present day in twenty fifteen. I think that's or how I interpret twenty one fifteen. That is weird to say. Or twenty fifteen. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I, the way when I first read it, I thought twenty fifteen. I watched a quick, a quick like trailer for it which was really a trailer for that louis the whatever louis the 13th cognac that insane <laughs> liquor it's of course there you have them remortgage There's, your house this whole thing get... is reeks of pretentiousness that i'm just like ugh, i can't stand it but whatever yeah That's... and just quick sidebar i plan on the next time anybody asks me what i'm working on that this is what i'm gonna tell them <laughs> oh very hard at work oh my god and i'm you know i'm challenged by it but it's so rewarding oh can i see it? no no yeah. uh it won't be out for 100 years no you you will never get to see it your grandchildren are going to love it though you tell them to look it up and right. yeah right it's gonna be i and i also think that's awful the hubris that that festival will be around in 100 years yeah 
that people will that care. movies will be around that people right. and know that what format is that on you know well I mean are, yeah. are people gonna be able to extract I a feel like a hundred years from now people will probably be able to take anything that they find and go digitized like probably or just implant it in I mean, their eyeballs this isn't, the fa- this isn't fair but if you go back a hundred years you know to 1915 yeah I mean can we really grab everything from that and you know all the media from there and make use of it yeah we can can we well, I'm sure yes. that it's Will we? every single year some entry level um, intern or oh, whoever yeah. at you know Fox right. or whatever movie studio that their whole job is just going to be they, updating it to the new format. Right? True. They just they go to the vaults, they take whatever medium, they they put it up, and they they redo it on whatever format. Yeah, that's yeah, how they stay in business. That right. guy just every single year it's has like, new work. Someone's got to do it. Kevin, Kevin, don't fuck this up, Kevin. You can't get any lower than this. All right? You put together the Batman v. Superman trailer. We trusted you with the X-Men Apocalypse trailer. We trusted you with the Ghostbuster trailer. You failed us every time. Go do this. You go, can't mess this up. Go hang out in the vault. Go to the vault and don't come out until you're really sorry. <laughs> you piece of shit. Um, no, but I, I, I love, although it's super pretentious, um, I love the idea of trying to think about what the world will be like in 100 years just like that like <laughs> yeah here's a format like imagine if they like vhs we're gonna right. put on a vhs <laughs> right. 100 years from now they'll be able to read this no problem it decays and everything like that well the thing that i'm thinking about is that when you watch a when you watch a movie from even 50 years ago or you know 60 you watch you know some of the old one of your biggest bones of contention is that all the like they set things up way too long like the cuts they'll cut back oh, and forth the between like this guy, and then this guy, and then that guy, and then this guy, and then that guy. And they just keep cutting back and forth. They're like, I get it. We've established there are two men looking at each other, and one of them's going to hit the other one. Now just throw the punch. Like, so in 100 years from now, are they oh, yeah. going to look back, which what we think is fantastic cinema, and go, oh, man, this sucked. The we waited this... 100 years for this garbage? Well, that's the thing, too. Is like It's one thing to be like, you know, 100 years from now, people still remembering how awesome Goonies is, but like because we've all seen it. But this is like some movie they're going to release, and be like, you know, uh, this is this is, this movie is terrible. Not to mention, it's just an advertisement for cognac. Oh yeah, like really, when you boil is it cognac down, cognac going to be around in a hundred years? I mean, or Louis the, is the, yeah. that brand of cognac yeah. going to be around? Like the hubris, the hubris of this experiment is going to be their downfall. All of them. Now they're going to pay for it somehow. To, pay, to play devil's advocate, I think I I do think it's kind of an interesting concept. One hundred percent. I like. I like. I like the idea of it. I like the idea of it, but it also just reeks of just. They might as well just fart in a glass and put it in the, in the safe for a hundred years. John Malkovich like, might do that, though. Really? That's John Malkovich. He is Cyrus the Virus. Con Air, anybody? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Ever seen that movie? No. Don't. Okay. It's not good. Wait a hundred years. Oh. <laughs> then open that. Open that it bad boy up. It gets better with it, age. It does. Yeah. It does not. <laughs> it absolutely does not. If I'm. You, Go ahead. Oh, well, I was also wondering if it's going to have the Seinfeld effect where, you know, it'll be like, oh, yeah, I guess if people only had cell phones and not brain-to-brain communication, this whole plot would have made sense. But <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's it a great does point. not check out. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, You're hold up so right. Like, oh, what was it? What was that show on Fox with uh, um, 24? Yeah, yeah. You showed me a, a, a what was it? It was a uh, I think Saturday Night Live did something like if that movie or that show took place in like 1995, 
Oh, yeah. He was trying yeah. to get around. He's like, I need to find a fax machine. <laughs> Where's the fax? They're like, sorry, no fax here. God damn it. I need to get to a pay phone. Right. Yeah, like it's like it was everything they did with that. Techn- it was so technology heavy that it like doesn't make sense. And sometimes I'll watch movies and be like, ooh. Yeah, this this falls apart because of the technology that's available to them right now. Nowadays, we just make a phone call with our yeah. cell phones or just Google it and be problem solved. <laughs> so, yeah, to have that sort of, although it is supposed to depict, like, the future, but still. It'd be. But, again, when any, think about any time that we have, like, in the past depicted, like, present day. Like, like from the 50s? 1960s, like, predicting, like, here's what it's going to be in 2000. Flying cars and all the goods. I mean, Hoverboards. Back to the, Hoverboards. Yeah. Back exactly, to the Future yeah. 2 tried really hard. It was only 30 years ago. I like, know. and they... They completely missed the mark. Right. I they, mean, kind of. There's there's hoverboard technology being developed right now. But True. Yeah. And they thought the Cubs would win. Yeah. They were close. They were a few <laughs> years away, all right? They were almost there. Yeah. Justin's not happy about that. So I, I came up with, like baseball. I hate baseball. <laughs> I came up with a couple of them that I thought would be interesting. A like, couple of? A couple of ideas of what it would be like in 100 years from oh, now. Oh, okay. Mm. So I did, I did. Well, first and foremost, let me ask this about yeah. about the movie. If you if something like this had been done and we were coming up to the hundred year mark, would you clamor to get to to watch it? Oh, of course. Like, for real? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it says way way more about the people who made it than about. Well, obviously, you know. I mean, I'm sure they they're going to get a lot of things wrong, but it's so. <laughs> But I mean, but that's not the point, right? Like the point isn't, you know, to hold up a checklist of like which, which thing. Oh, yeah. They, uh, (laughs) yeah, we still don't have flying cars. Um, (laughs) Why does everyone keep thinking we're inventing these? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know that that's on the docket anymore. I don't think anybody's working on it. Terrible idea. They're working on it. and It's a terrible idea. We talked about that. (laughs) I know. In the past. Just can you imagine trying to like people just with flying cars? Oh, yeah. Uh, Like like in Wrigleyville? Like just 50 feet above Wrigleyville? People um, are assholes on the road, on the ground. I oh, mean, whether yeah. you're like in the air, it'd be horrible. I mean, if they could just renovate the train system, even <laughs> like it's not a it's not a real novel concept. Like if they could just do it better, right? But that's why I'm not a civil engineer. I have <laughs> patience for this kind of thing. Yeah, I'm just like, no, that'd be a terrible idea. Yeah, horrible idea. So I read this article, and it was it listed like a couple people suggested stuff, and apparently some experts weighed in on what they thought was going to happen. <laughs> I'm sure they are experts. I just thought I'd be a dick. Uh, one of the things they said was California will lead the breakup of the U.S., meaning that California will be the first state to basically like break away from the United States. Oh, I thought you meant uh, because their tectonic <laughs> plates won't That's what I thought still too. be together. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. Nature has decreed that yeah. California is gone. Because <laughs> uh, they've talked about it with the fault lines and stuff yeah. like that, how one earthquake is just going to sever it off into the ocean. Right. But they say uh, there are some indications already that California wants to split off and such pressures tend to build over time. It's hard to see this waiting until the end of the century. Maybe an East Coast cluster will want to break off, too. Pressures come from the enormous differences in wealth generation capacity and people not willing to fund others if they can avoid it. So they're saying that 100 years, California will have seceded from the United States. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I guess I don't, I don't have a good enough grasp on the local political... Well, let's like, let's take I, let's take the specifics out of it. How likely is it? Do you think the U.S. will be around in hundred years at its current state? In its current state, honestly, I I would say minimal. Wow, you know, it just got real for a bunch of people who disagree about things. I mean, everybody who lives here, like <laughs> we seem as a nation to be kind of resistant to change. So it, I I would be shocked, but also like it makes sense. Well, I I think it's interesting because. I've always, like, I've grown up, just the U.S. is the U.S. It's been here. 
It's been here my entire life. As far as I know, it's been here forever as right. far as my existence is concerned. So the idea of it somehow changing is weird. Like even adding a 51st state, I'm like almost opposed to it because I'm like, it's an even 50. <laughs> Do we have to make it 51? That's weird. We're the 50. That's, my whole life, it's been 50 right. states. It's weird. It's weird. Don't do it. Don't change it. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't, I mean, how many times do you hear Texas is going to go secede? Right. This this state's going to secede. At some point, I think someone's going to have, like, the ability and the wealth to do it. Because right they're now. Just, and they're going to they're gonna take the leap of faith. I've looked at that where some, like, even, like, counties, like, this county's going to secede from the union. I'm like, good <laughs> luck. You are landlocked with people who you now need a passport to get into. Oh, that county in uh, Colorado. Yeah. That wanted to do the northeastern Colorado. Yeah, yeah I remember that. They wanted that. to secede. I'm like, you now have to set up trade agreements with the U.S., and you seceded from them, so they're probably not going to be too helpful. You have to make your own currency. You have to make your own currency. Uh, Set you up your own internal government. Exactly. Good yeah. luck, guys. Your, your, own, your own infrastructure, your own... Yeah. yeah. Right. It'll do great things for tourism, though. Right, yeah. You know, because now it's all of a sudden it's a tropical getaway. <laughs> oh, I'm going to California. <laughs> yes, I have a summer house there. More of a villa. Yes. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. I know the king. You know. I know the king of California. Oh, God. <laughs> I know the king over there. He's a real great dude. But I, I could totally see... I also think, um, you know... If you want to talk about empires and history and stuff like that, I mean, the American Empire eventually will will eventually fade. Yeah, I think I just just based off of our current uh, where where we are right now with with how divided, I feel like this is the most divided the country has been in a long, long time. It's hard to tell how accurate of, that is because the news is just so like scare tactics. It is, and and but and we're also seeing that was a really dumb sentence. The news is so scare tactics. The news is very scare tactic-y. Jesus, God, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Just, that's actually straight gin. I've not given you water. Oh man, but it tastes like water. <laughs> yeah, it's good gin. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I think also because we're so interconnected too that uh, you know we've we've we have more uh, access to how divided everyone is. So it could have it could have been this way for a long time, and people just never had that much news coverage. So we now know that we're this divided. But I just feel like we haven't been this divided as a country in a while. I feel like it's getting more and more divided. And I can honestly see with the whole you know with the whole police shootings thing, mm. with the whole you know Trump uh, you know fiasco that's happening right now, and the whole like just all this, I could see eventually people going enough, enough. I've had enough. And the thing is, I think Americans have an it-can't-happen-to-me mentality about it. Oh, do we ever. And so like, you look, it's happened in Syria, it's happened in Egypt, it's happened in how many other places that people finally go, fuck it, it happened, we're done. It happened mm. in Rome. Right. It happened in yeah. the United States. Let's not forget. Like, we did this already. Like, yeah. it's not like we're above doing it again. So sure. I, I think we're, on, we're in line. We're setting ourselves up to be in line for either a civil war or some sort of a civil unrest. I, I think that's going to be happening in the next at least 20 years. That wouldn't surprise me. I also think we're lazy. That's part of it, too. And if that happens, I think that, that, will, bring our, that will bring down the empire that is the United States. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. So in 100 years, I don't know. We might have hit that point already. Yeah, I, I have some very pessimistic views of 100 years. I'm like, well, first of all, are we going to be here as like a species? Do you think we can wipe ourselves out in 100 years? Uh, yeah. We could. Will we? Mm. Brittany, will we? Well, I think it depends on a lot of things. <laughs> uh, my two main things that I think it depends on uh, that I've thought about so far is technology and the possibility of an alien invasion. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, now we're, we're getting to it. I think that 
uh, if the Ender's Game series is to be trusted at all, which I think it is. I mean, it does, for being um, something that hasn't happened yet, seems to be a very realistic account of what could happen. Sure. Um, that if there is some kind of third party, uh, and now we're all just humanity, that that'll be the thing that brings us together and uh, makes us work play more nicely. So you think that'll actually be a good thing for us in, in, in the sense of bringing us together? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, that'll be a positive. Scale, yeah, Justin, uh, were you here when my brother was talking about if somehow we were able to unite humanity, how terrifying we would oh, be as a race? absolutely. Like, if we were all able to just put aside our differences and work together, we would conquer anything. Because <laughs> we're, we're ridiculous in groups. And if we were all just like, yeah, the entire planet is all together under one direction, holy shit. <laughs> the, the amount of murder we could cause... And probably would cause well, murder. One thing, but I, I mean, the amount of like advances we could immediately—we oh, would be jumping light years ahead of where we, we pulled are all now. of our resources yeah. together oh, yeah. and just were like full, like full force. Like we're going to Star Trek this bad boy up. We're going to go to space. We're going right. to conquer it. And we all just were like pulling it all together. Holy good lord! Yeah, I mean, does that fall into the technology we're talking about? Oh well, yeah, that also. I mean, I there was some website that has like a timeline of things in the future, and one mm-hmm. of the things that said was that by twenty. 110 will have already terraformed Mars. So that's, you know. That's but the technology bold. I was thinking that we would be, de- that would destroy us is more like the Black Mirror stuff. Have you seen that? No. No, what is it? Oh, okay. It's oh, a series on uh, BBC, Black Mirror, like your phone when it's off. Oh, ooh, I like um, that. And it's all about like, every episode is different, um, but it, it's basically examining the world if you just took like one one click into the future so everything seems very realistic okay. but if technology was just a little bit more advanced um and i i think it's supposed to be a cautionary tale um it's so it's like heartbreaking and really uh scary um wh- you know the implications uh in societally and also like in your interpersonal relationships like what happens if you can store your memories and flip through them and then share them with other people and other people mm-hmm. can see them. What happens if you can block people, like not just block a phone number, but block that person? What happens if the whole society can block like sex offenders or right. people who've uh, you know been convicted um, of some That's crime? That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, so in that way, I think it could destroy us. I, yeah, like that is a terrifying. I want to watch the show now, but that's terrifying prospect. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. While we're on the topic of technology, I know the, the idea of essentially becoming immortal. You know, through the through the use of technology, either a just uh, medicinal enhancements or the idea that you can somehow store your consciousness in a hard drive somewhere and live forever, which we've talked about before. And transcendence. I don't want to do that. I never would want to do that. I think I think immortality is a terrible, terrible choice. I don't want to live forever. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good with just the the bit that we're doing. Yeah, now. I'm good. <laughs> the allotment <laughs> that I have. Yeah, yeah. whatever I'm like, that is. I'm like whatever it ends up being. I'm cool with that. I don't need to live to 200, 300, you know, beyond years. Yeah. I'm cool. I don't need to do that. I don't want to do that. I I would do it. Uh, I would I would do the hundred year just to see this film. <laughs> and then I would peace out. And I would watch it on Mars because obvi- if, if it's 2110, <laughs> that's five years prior. So obviously in five years they can get a theater up there. They're setting up the yeah. big screen right. on Mars. Right. You know. Step one, move the population over. Step two, open a museum. <laughs> Step <laughs> three, movie theater. Movie theater. <laughs> Step four, 
maybe by then we'll have improved the recipe for movie theater popcorn butter. <laughs> but I'm, maybe. you know, I'm not optimistic. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> no, technology is obviously up there, like, as far as, like, what do you guys think, what sort of technological advances do you think we'll see in 100 years, like... We'll go, we can go like flying cards, obviously. Flying, oh, fucking flying cards, <laughs> obviously. God damn it. Maybe a hoverboard. Yeah, I think there. Were, I mean, I just saw an article today that uh, who someone's put a patent in for um, contacts that take photos. Huh. Oh, really? Yeah, like you just would like focus your eyes and then blink a certain way, and then it would take a photo. Oh God! But oh, it's, then it's, we'll just I'd... all need to wear spanks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow, like, it'll be able to tell when you're like just blinking naturally or when you really want to take a picture and i'm just like and the, weird, of course man. the first thing i thought was i'm like there's just gonna be people taking pictures of each other all the time i wonder oh. if robert durst already has those contacts <laughs> you know he sort of does that thing in the documentary <laughs> i mean that'd be a good way to weed out the creeps you just know? everyone's just yeah i mean you're all constant you're- staring contest <laughs> going to do great things for the visine industry all right right really clean up with that right it's half contact solution half lens cleaner like camera lens cleaner yeah oh god and they showed the patent like drawing for it it's amazing is it they've come up with for it's like here's the antenna here's the receiver where does it go does it download somewhere uh it it would up i would uh, you'd be able to download into your phone like but like where does it i'm sure it's got wi-fi or some oh. shit like that. Yeah, but like, yeah, but like to your point, it has to initially. It has to save that image somewhere. I wonder if it. it'd be like blue, like uh, Bluetooth to your phone or something like that, where you could just you know you, you activate it and then just oh, know, so almost there. like an Apple Watch where you have yeah. like you could uh. you could show what you're and you can yeah okay yeah yeah to a certain degree just that was for a podcast that was really descriptive. What I <laughs> yeah, just did. Justin, to us we understood because <laughs> Justin like pointed to his wrist and was like uh, uh, we were like both like yeah yeah that thing <laughs> you guys know what we're talking about. <laughs> 40 episodes in, you'd think I'd have figured this out by now. Ah, that's okay. We're still learning. I can't do segues, so we're all good. <laughs> there you go. You want from me. <laughs> but uh, what else do you think you'd, you'd see, like, technologically? I mean, it's hard for me to even fathom, but, I mean, I was born in 83, back when there was an internet, and, you know, and now no, there I'm was like, internet. Oh, not in 83. Mm-hmm. Not that was readily accessible to me, buddy. Right, but there was internet. Okay. The internet was around. Semantics. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I honestly, I, I think uh, jet, some sort of a jet pack or jet propulsion system, uh, personalized jet propulsion, because they're they're already working on. There are like tested models out there right now. They're very impractical, but they're but they are. I feel like a jet propulsion pack is impractical. End of sentence. But whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. But you ever seen the movie The Rocketeer? Hell yeah, dude. That, that guy's back of his legs would just be burned off the first time he used it. Ah, uh, special pants. <laughs> special pants. Flame retardant pants. Yep. Back in the 30s. <laughs> you, you laugh. <laughs> you laugh. Have you seen The Rocketeer? No. It's... It's a Disney movie. It's a wonderful piece of cinema. <laughs> I, I was obsessed with The Rocketeer when I was younger. I loved it too. Absolutely obsessed. I actually just watched rewatched it recently, and I forgot that Jennifer Connelly's in that. Does it? Oh my god, she's a love interest. Does it stack up? I haven't watched it in a few years. It's okay. Yeah, uh, it's got Timothy is it as, Dalton. Is it as good as The Phantom? Oh, the why do you always bring up The Phantom? Because I love it. That and I movie. love Billy Zane. Oh, Are Billy, you a Billy Zane fan? You can say no. No. I mean, not that I'm not. Um, I just don't specifically know anything that I'm like, yeah, that thing. That I know he was in right. Titanic. I haven't seen it, but I know he was in oh, Titanic. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was good in that. <laughs> He's okay. He was in uh, Phantom. Justin loves that movie. That's the one where it's the it's guy in a purple movie. suit. 
in the jungle because that's the most practical thing to wear in a jungle. It's a 1930s like superhero comic that they brought. Uh, to don't life call him the, superhero. Don't call him superhero. It was just a comic. Just regular hero. Just a regular. Hero. He was a hero. He was a man. <laughs> <laughs> he was a dude in a purple outfit. In let's the not, jungle. Let's not get into the more. We're not going to rehash this movie. All right? I've defended it enough on this podcast. <laughs> He's exhausted. I don't want to do it anymore. But no. But honestly, I think I think some sort of a rocket or, or jetpack system. Sure. Be it you know you know air air jets or rocket fuel or whatever the hell you're going to use. But I think something is going to be it's going to be more commercialized than uh, than we have now. Like for getting around, mm-hmm. or just for like oh look, uh, I'm going to go I can in go the up and down. Yeah. <laughs> I think in a hundred years, uh, I think it'll we will be able to actually go from A to B. I think it will we'll actually be able to travel. I'm not saying long distances, but like if you want to go, you know, if you want to go a few blocks, I think you can. Instead of getting on a bike, I think it'll be like the equivalent of you know you can strap that on. Sure. Hmm. Someone had suggested uh, elevators to space, like some sort of like so impractical. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds. It's <laughs> even less impractical. It than sounds my. really stupid. Uh, but the idea would be that it would Sounds be like some sort of... a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> He's just, <laughs> just take an elevator just up to space. Bing, and then straight up to space. Uh, the idea would be it's some sort of easier and less expensive in the idea of like how much it costs to get in a rocket and just shoot yourself up into the atmosphere and then sure. go visit. The idea, it would be kind of more of a touristy way to access space and get up there and, and I was just... I don't know. It sounds oh, good. So the people who can buy that cognac can also <laughs> enjoy a bird's eye view of everybody else. It's like, yes, we'll be showing the Cannes Festival up on the space station. So they can take this elevator to Mars mm-hmm. where they're going right. to go watch this movie. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. We're starting to build this. I like it's it. Also, like... when you say to space, like, do you mean just outside the atmosphere or do you mean like a planet? Like, because that's like, does it just go up and stop and then come back down? Well, because, you know, the further if you're going like light years away then that also change like by the time you get back everybody that you know will be dead <laughs> right so like she gets it you belong on our podcast thank <laughs> you we've talked we discussed this topic before yeah. so it's i think it's more or less the idea of like there'll be some sort of space station it's like hey eh, we're we you know it's like going to disney world taking the family up to the space station we're gonna yeah. take the elevator up to space right. you know and double double <laughs> you know Oh, that's why did I do that? What was that? I don't know. Anyway. That's the sound that the elevator makes when it goes. Yeah, going up when you run up the steps, steps to space, steps to space. Yeah, Cinderella lost her electronic shoe on her steps up to. These will be the stories we tell her. What kind of what kind of stories are going to exist? What kind of reboots are we going to do to like some of these stories in the future? Batman definitely will have been rebooted at least six more times. But yeah, I mean, do you think? Because I mean, a lot of these stories have survived. Like you know, Cinderella. That's an that's an old story. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that. That you know, that's gonna probably survive and probably transform to some degree. I would think. Right. There were one a long time ago. There were three sisters, and they had their own television show. <laughs> All of them had giant derrieres, and people loved them for no reason. <laughs> Three princesses. <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. Titanic 2, global warming. The oh. ship just made it across. Just oh. another day. Dun, dun, dun. Um, here's another interesting one from that article. Marriage will be replaced by an annual contract. Ooh. I think we'll certainly see some weaker forms of marriage that are designed to last a decade or two rather than a whole lifetime. 
But traditional marriage will still be an option. Increasing longevity is the key. If you marry at 20 and live well over 100, that is far too long for a commitment. People will want marriages that aren't necessarily forever, but don't bankrupt them when they end. I feel like that's just like a pessimist that wrote that. It's just like someone who's been scorned. Like, it's just like, seriously, can we reduce the sentence of marriage? Can we do that, please? The sentence. Jesus. That's the kind of guy that would do that. He's like, right. oh, I want to reduce. I want to reduce my marriage sentence. I think this is a great idea, and I'll tell you why. I think that people, uh, a lot of opinions on this, um, <laughs> that when people think about, and, and I'm, you're both married, right? Yes. yes. And I'm not, so I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> no, about. No, no. This is, this um, is, but I think that there's a, That's you know, the reason you can speak more freely on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think a lot of people think about marriage in an abstract sense um, where it's like, oh, yeah, someday I'll just be able to sit back and uh, relax knowing that no matter what, th- this thing will be a constant in my life where in reality, of course, no two people are the same. So how could any relationship be the same? Just infinite permutations and... Uh, and a relationship, I think, is, is a, a third thing apart from the two people in it. And it, it has a lifespan and you have to keep working at it. And it could end. It could, you know, anything could happen. So I think this is a great idea um, sure. because I think it's actually just codifying what we have now, which is, um, you know, like there was a, a study that they some some scientists did um, that divided people into you know, the group of like people who were married happily and people who were married unhappily or people who've been divorced. Okay. So you could be married un- and unhappy and still fall into the category scientifically of people who've gotten a divorce. Sure. So, you know, in that right, way, it's right, kind of right. like, yeah, then then if you have, I think if, if it were more acceptable um, to do that, like I don't think that all of a sudden um, everybody's just going to become flaky. Like, yeah. I don't think... Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. We have an out, everyone! Right. <laughs> Sign the contracts, yeah. No, I think that's an interesting idea because for the sake of the studies that show how many marriages fail and how many people <clears throat> yeah. are, like you said, are unhappy because I think a lot of it is guilt. There's religious factors into it. There's social pressures. Mm-hmm. There's things like that. To say, like, look... I want to start out with a 20-year contract with you, but I want to have an option to renew at the end of that time. <laughs> mm-hmm. It sounds so unromantic at yeah, all. But it does, yeah. To be like, honey, uh, let's do a 10-year. Right. Why, why don't you want to do 20? Uh, let's just let's just start. Let's <clears throat> aim low. Let's do 10. What's what's the conversation like, though, when it comes up for renewal? Yeah, and right. And one person's just like, hey, it's time to renew our, our contract. And the other person's like, about that. Yeah. But, you know, the state, too, because, like, as much as, like, divorces wreck people financially and everything like that, that would be an interesting way to be like, yeah, our contract's up. At this point in time, we're severing ties altogether. We've, I don't know, how would that, would that be the same thing as getting a divorce at that point in time? Well, I'm saying, like, how is that any different than signing a prenup now? Yeah, I guess. Like, you're you're, you're signing a contract saying that if this should end, here are the terms that it ends on. Yeah, Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I'm not as against that. Like, I'm happily married, obviously. I have to say that. I'm happily married. I really am. I'm happily married. But the idea of that, I understand because I've met the more, the institution of marriage and the way that it's, like, kind of portrayed and everything like that, I feel like it is outdated. I have no problem in the current state that I am. But I could understand how someone's like, you know what? 
to say that I have to basically be with you for the rest of my life because that's what society says and they don't want to abide by that. The option of being able to be like, yeah, we're going to do this forever. We're not signing a contract. Yeah. Totally cool. But to have, give someone the option to be like, what do you want to do? Do you want to do 5, 10, 20 years? It's up to you. And if you both agree on that, cool, go and do that. There's not going to be – and you'll have your different legal ramifications for it. Yeah, and I also, think cool. like before you get married, at least – kind of relationships I find my, myself in. It's like you're sort of asking yourself to re-up every day. Yeah. You know? And it's the same thing. It's yeah. like, yeah, if, you know, if one person wants to re-up and the other person doesn't, that's right. just a breakup. You know? uh, yeah, it's yeah. essentially what, yeah. But you're, you're constantly reevaluating that. So it's just giving you that option sure. to do the thing that I think is already happening yeah. mentally all the time anyway. It almost forces the conversation that no one wants to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, like everyone, because you can, you can sit there and just kind of like, drift through the marriage for 40 50 years and never have that conversation but if you have a contract that's running up then it forces you into hey look i'm just not happy yeah. you know and you can you can actually it gives you a way to breach the subject it might be healthier it it could be actually like i'm that's a really good yeah. point the idea of saying hey we have 60 days let's talk about where we are let's talk about yeah. where we are and what we want to do and right. let's reevaluate where we are and how we feel that's actually not a bad idea i never thought about the found what you said interesting uh thinking of it as the relationship between two people as another entity itself that has a lifespan and like has like you've got to constantly be like it, it's like growing another person like you're giving to it and, and nurturing it and, and you know uh, you know, growing it. And it's, yeah. uh, I never thought of it in that uh, as having like some sort of a lifespan it, yeah. in and of itself. It's kind of an interesting concept. Well, the yeah. reason I think about it like that is because it took me a really long time to understand that when a relationship fails, it doesn't mean you failed personally. Like right. if you grow when the relationship ends, then it's a good thing. You know, right. like you've actually made progress for yourself you know, where just because the relationship ends doesn't mean these two people have totally failed each other. Sure, right, right. No, that's, yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I'm then maybe sorry. it would I've, put some more... I've been with my wife for <laughs> 14 years. Wow. Justin's like nodding like, yeah, you're right. It's yeah. 14 years. So it's like, this is, it's been a while since I've been like... Had to, you know, consider, had to consider that else, sort yeah. of stuff. So, but I like that. May, I'm, trying, I'm putting myself back into like the relationships that I failed when I was younger. And I think I had that. That sound sounded profound to me. But I'm like, did I think about that at one point in time? Like, did I get something out of this? Did I be like, that was a mistake, and here's why. Here's where I failed, and here's where I can learn from. I think that's a really great way of looking at it. Like, mm-hmm. you you are not a necessarily a bad person. You're just like, okay, that was a mistake. Now, what can I learn from it? How can I move forward? How can I be better? Better yeah. using next, yeah. And even when you're in it, even when sure. it's thriving, how can you be, you know, progressing as an individual? How exactly. you know, how are you growing? Hundred percent. And then this way, if both people are also trying to cultivate themselves while they're also cultivating this thing that they have together, sure. You know, maybe everybody will just be a little happier. Right. 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 And I also I, think it'll take a hundred years for this sort of thing to actually take place because. The amount of like generations people don't like change. Yep. Mm-hmm. The amount of generations that have to like you know we have to you know basically deprogram ourselves or reprogram ourselves right. for this. You know, you think about the people that are fifty years old right now. I mean, when were they born? Seriously, when were fifty they born? years before ago, the right? internet? Right before the internet. <laughs> you know, actually, and, like before the eighties. <laughs> yeah, before the eighties. So like, there you go. So like in the sixties or something like that. So what kind of 
you know, what was their upbringing during that? And same thing with us. Eventually, we're going to be the people that's like, oh, my God, he grew up in the 80s. What was going on then? Reagan? Jesus. Right. You know? <laughs> Acid watch jeans. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking 80s music. White Snake. Good Lord. Yeah, you know? the Rocketeer. <laughs> the rock- that was the 90s. That was 93, sorry. <laughs> Actually, you knew the... Yeah, you know the year. You're a dork. I am. Uh, high five. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for narrating that. Just so, so everyone they did. know. Just so they know. We're just high five. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it's great. I think they should do the same thing with driver's licenses, too. It's like some people who are older are terrible drivers. <laughs> yeah. I think you should have to re-up. Justin had something. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> 100% agree. Also, something, side note, uh, if you get certified as a scuba diver, you're certified for life. Are you really? You never have to go back and take any other classes. That's probably fine. Have you done that? That is not okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not okay. I've I've I got certified as a scuba diver and I remember like after a year I was like, I don't feel like I should be have access to this sort of stuff and be able to do this without any supervision. Yeah, but Doug, you also felt that you shouldn't be left alone in a room with other improvisers to improvise. <laughs> True. Like, like <laughs> Have you gone scuba diving? No, I've gone snorkeling. Do you know the dangers of scuba diving? Like yes, with I am drowning? fully aware. <laughs> I've seen Jaws. <laughs> I've gone scuba diving 0. 0.5 times. I tried it and I could not do it. <laughs> what do you mean you couldn't do it? Like I, I couldn't do it. Like I, like I've never had a like problem. You find with your breath. Claustrophobia. Like I've, I oh. went down like maybe four feet. You're like, I'm out? Yeah. No no thanks. Interesting. I've never swum so fast as from the surface to the other side of the boat <laughs> where I could hop right, right. and just kind of wait. So you actually felt boat. claustrophobic? It was horrifying, yeah. Interesting. And was it, do you think it was because of the breathing? Like, or? I mean, I'm the kind of person who thinks like, oh, maybe these birth control pills that you prescribed for me are actually a placebo. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So it's like, well, I don't know, maybe the... Uh, oh, my God, it's the dog. Oh, oh she's dog. back. Hi, Abby. Like, he I thought ahead. maybe the... Um, uh, maybe this breathing device is, you know, this was one of the faulty ones. And, you know, and how, and how do you know until right? you can really test it? So that's it. why you'll never go skydiving. Because... Oh. <laughs> what if I have I, the anvil in my back? It seems fun. I would like to... <laughs> I don't know. I also like, you know, if you get me on a roller coaster, I'll love it. Yeah. But getting like the getting the, you to the roller the coaster is the line hard. Yeah. is not a fun. You that's, don't want to be on that line with me. Right. Interesting. <laughs> no, that's that's so funny that you bring that up about scuba diving because I, I totally get it because when you put all that stuff on, you're used to like breathing through your nose, not just your mouth. So you have to train yourself to just breathe through your mouth and everything like that and it's Those it, who have those who are not skilled at just breathing through their mouth have never ridden the CTA. <laughs> it's, it's a skill that you have to there's certain cars that you walk into you're like this is a mouth car yep, I'm only breathing through my mouth if yeah. I'm going to survive this trip I just got to breathe through my mouth yeah. and just shut off my nose and that's <laughs> how it works I had a moment when I was doing my certification where they simulated like getting your mask knocked off while oh, being really? underwater like you still had the the uh, the breather I'm not saying the right word for it I can't remember sure, what it yeah. but that was the is one it moment the respirator and no I, that's not right <laughs> Uh, the respirator. Um, but I remember that was one moment where I almost freaked out. I was like 15 feet down in a quarry, oh. and he took my mask so off. Dude just came by and punched you. <laughs> it was my instructor. It was you know it was it was it was fine. He took off my my goggles. Well, that was the thing is I had to take them off, and then I had to put like like assume that they got knocked off, and then put them back on. And as I was doing that, I breathed a little bit of water up into my nose, and I started going like, <gasps> uh oh. 
uh oh, and I was trying to like figure out a way. And, I was yeah. like, and I could just I grabbed my as I was I barely put on my goggles and I just grabbed my instructor by both of his shoulders because I was like freaking out and he like fixed them for me. I was like, I might have to bolt and just go out, go up and fail this part because. Right. I, I'm having a hard time catching my, catching my breath. I'm 15 feet under the oh water right now. I was able to, like, I'm like, calm down. Zen. And then I did, and then I was just like, oh, my God. That was really horrifying. That's hysterical. Oh. We also had to simulate your air running out, like, when we were in the pool. Oh, like, really? He's like, I'm going to slowly shut off your air valve so you know what it feels like so that when it's getting close, you know what to do. So we were breathing, breathing, breathing. He's like, I'm about to do it. And all of a sudden, you're like... Ugh. And then there's just no air. And then what do you do? And then you're supposed to do your international sign for I'm out of air, which is to hit your chest with your fist on your chest to be like, I'm out of air. So you bang air out of yeah, your body. Yeah, I was just no. going to say, this seems like a terrible method. That's the signal you give to everyone. They're like, so out, you're, of, out of air. And you then, just put it near your chest. You don't actually. <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not like, <laughs> like, give yourself the Heimlich or anything, but you're just like, that's a symbol like, ah, I'm out of air. Right. And then you're like. Going up and then whoop and then go back up. So they don't have like someone swim over like Baywatch style and they like give you theirs and then like like I suppose you could do that. You like joint breathe until you get really out from underneath difficult. the shipwreck and then Yeah, they pull Jonathan you on and it. I swapped breathers underwater. <laughs> I think it's heading somewhere. <laughs> I think my instructor really liked me. I think I, mean, I think I passed the test. I think I got an A. <laughs> But yeah, scuba diving, you should have to re-up your, your license on that. <laughs> that should not be like, did it once. Everything's good. <laughs> right. I haven't done this in 10 years. I'm gonna, I'm certified. It's like, dude, I can barely, it's been so worn down. I can't tell. I'm like, nah, nah. Let me see your dive book. 80 like, what? 80-year-old goes out there and he's like, did this when I was 20. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. I mean, you do have to keep a dive log of like every time you've gone diving. So I'm sure if they look at your log and it's like, Wow. 1945, all two, right. 2005 was the last time you went out. Okay, we're going to keep an eye on right. you. But still, like, you're certified. <laughs> yeah. You can just go ahead and do that stuff. But You should probably remember. It's like riding a bike, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. I riding wonder about that, too. I, <laughs> I think I might have forgotten. I, <laughs> I didn't ride a bike for a while. I got on one. I was like, oh, boy, this is weird. Right. It's not cool at all. All right, I got another one here. Um. Well, some this is yep. I'm like it's Abby's Abby so got her happy. toy. Yeah, oh, she's this like is yes. So cute. Murder. Aww. Um. Here's an interesting one. Single worldwide currency. One single worldwide currency. Basically says we are. This is this person says this is very plausible. We are already seeing electronic currency that can be used anywhere, mm-hmm. and this trend will continue. <laughs> It'll all be Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite likely that there will only be a few regional currencies by the middle of the century in the worldwide acceptance of global electronic currency. This will gradually mean that others will fall out of use, and only one will be left by the end of the century. Another person completely disagrees and says this trend is actually more on the opposite direction. The internet is enabling new forms of bartering and value exchange. Local currencies are also now used by several hundred communities across the U.S. and Europe. In other words, look for many more types of currency in exchange, not fewer, in the coming decades. So one thing's it'll unify. One thing's it's going to fractionalize it more. Interesting. I would say that if we go to a one globally unified currency, I think it. that will be the the downfall of many countries. Oh, this, yeah. This time it might actually get picked up. You think so? Yeah. Oh. We've got the mics turned up just enough. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just talk over this while that sure, happens. Sure, no yeah. problem. She's just thirsty. It's no big deal. <laughs> um, I, I, th- I don't know if it'd be a good thing if we're all on one currency. No, I like, think it would bring some... Because you've got to think about the strength of how... Like, if America had to convert to 
had to convert their currency towards something more like the euro, we would lose billions of dollars. It would depend because it's kind of like with the euro and the European Union right now. Like if one country fails, everyone feels that burden. That's why everyone's like, kick Greece the fuck out of here, man. They're dragging us down. Right. And Spain and Portugal, we're keeping an eye on you guys too because they're they're doing so so bad that right. everyone feels the burden. And supposedly the theory too is that everyone will share the share the share in the this dog. I love this dog. <laughs> we got to find a studio. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, look what I found—a chew toy. Play with me. Um, no, I, I don't know if it'd be a good thing or not. Like, I'm not an economist. I don't know if you guys knew that. I don't know anything about economics, so I have no idea. I mean, I'm sure somebody who's smarter would know actually if it would be helpful or not. But I think from a consumer standpoint, fantastic, be right? great. Oh, absolutely. It's like, you know, traveling, you don't have to stop at a thing. Life is short. You know, if I have to. <laughs> One more goddamn currency exchange. Who's got the time? That's why I loved it when I went over to Europe and they were all in the euro. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I don't have to change. You can change pop country to country. Country to country. Yeah. It's freaking great. And not right. only that, but it's better for business because everyone's using a standardized currency so they know how much it's worth as opposed to like, oh, you're on the lira. I'm on the Deutschmark. What's the conversion? When do you convert? Right. Which one do you do this? Like, you know, when we worked at assignment desk and we worked at oh, uh, with foreign, you know, video crews, it's like, no, 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 no. We're doing this in U.S. dollars. We're not doing this in euros right. this is how much we're quoting it this is how much we're paying you right and we're doing the currency exchange today so this is how much it's worth i don't want you to come back and so three weeks from now today. and be like actually it's this much like nope this is what we're agreeing right. on we're paying it like mm-hmm. this yeah. that's really obnoxious as opposed to you know you buy something in texas it's the same currency it's fine it's everything's good it's a lot easier to do business that way so yeah. i could see how that would be beneficial but i also would think one global currency could also be very dangerous yeah I think that's one of the signs of the apocalypse, too. I'm pretty sure in the book of Revelations, they said... Pretty sure the Bible says... Everyone's using the same currency. Everyone's using the dollar. And that's a book that gets everything right. I I mean, it's... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In a similar vein, they also said that uh, the three main main languages would be English, Spanish, and Mandarin. That's it. Those would be the only three languages in 100 years. I have a hard, a harder time swallowing that than I did the currency one. Why? I just I think that people identify culturally with their language more so than they do currency, and I think there will be people who will not let their their language go. Oh yeah, and I I don't know why I didn't think about this for currency, but it reminds me of like why biodiversity is important and why losing species is is terrible for the environment. Like, you know, there's. There are concepts that some languages don't have words for. There, there right. are things oh, that you point. can't say. You know, um, I, you know, how great would it be to understand all the different words Russians probably have for depression? Like, right. I would love to know <laughs> that. Um, you know, you lose that. The list is very long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I get the idea of like, because Spanish is a romance language, right? Yeah. Yep, there it is. There's, Sorry, a, guys. there's a dog. All right. Yes, Spanish is, yes. English is what, its own? The, Germanic. It's Germanic. And then Mandarin is... Somewhere over there. Somewhere over there. Right. <laughs> so I feel like with those three, we've uh, we've captured pretty much all the major language stuff, right? We don't need anything else. We're good, right? Sure. You know, Germanic, Romantic, and the other side. Well, like, we yeah, got it. I wasted five years in French class for nothing. Me too. You know, it's like great. Suckers. Like, 
I Spanish told, class. I told myself, I'm like, nah, everyone's taking Spanish. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do French. And I'm like, why would I do... F- where are you going to use it? Canada, France. To and- sound cooler than everybody else, right. obviously. To be like, oh, son of a fan. See, like, that paid off right now. Exactly. Yeah. That you just proved your point. Yeah, I just said, yeah, son- well, yeah, whatever. But I'm just like, <laughs> what am I, I don't ever use it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's tough. It sucks. Where I'm like Spanish, I'm like, why didn't I do Spanish? I don't remember what? a lick of Spanish from my Spanish class. It was Spanish. terrible. Spanish, why wouldn't, ugh, ugh. That was a bad choice. Also, when you learn that stuff in high school, it's not the act. Like, you go to the, the country and you're just, people look at you and go, ah, Spanish class, huh? <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. I was able to survive a little bit in Paris with yeah. some French because I could at least pronounce stuff. So they're like, all right, he's trying. So they took pity on me. Yeah. I could, you know. Ah, this dumb American's is. trying. And in French, okay. that is like half the battle. It is half the battle. Because if you just come over and be like, yeah, parlez-vous anglaise? And they're right. just like, excuse me. Let me get a croissant and yeah. a baguette. Yeah, right. <laughs> can I get some of the... Can, you got them snails? <laughs> you got them snails? I want to try some of your snails. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm not saying that snails are actually pretty good. It's just... I, don't know. I had a flashback when I was over there and it looked like people from my hometown were in Paris ordering. They're like, Garçon! Garçon! I'm like, oh my God. How in, when I'm in Paris, it's like my past is following me. How is that possible? It drove me crazy. Garçon! God damn it. When I was there, I got um, like some stand on the street had hot dogs inside of baguettes, which seems like the most American thing to get. Ever, but they had it in France. It but instead of a baguette, I like that because they put their own spin on it. What? They oh, said a hot dog a... inside of a baguette. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's it's not a bun; it's a baguette. Right. It's, it's totally different. It's a lukewarm. Oh, dog. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. a not a hot dog bun. It's a baguette. It's totally different. <laughs> see, that's that's where the French came in, right there. There you go. That's about the only accent I can do. You can't see this also, but Doug is smoking a cigarette. Right I am now, so right. It, and it, I'm it's really pulling a beret to out of somewhere. I don't know. Beret, and I've got my makeup stripes. on. Wow. Yes. Yes. Thing. All of a sudden, his podcast turned into Doug miming for the rest of it. <laughs> Very effective. And we're just gonna go ahead and just narrate. Just <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah. He's in a box. He's stuck in a box. Get him out. No. Leave him. In there, let him. He's doing. He's pumping his chest. He must be out of air. Let him die. <laughs> he's pumping his chest. Let him die. Ah, let him go. So, do you think? You know, do you think a hundred years from now, like things are going to be better? I mean, I know that's a very subjective, you know, question to ask. But I mean, are we better off than we were a hundred years ago? We'll start there. Well, could we get a little bit more specific on better, like yeah, what do you economically, think? or term, yeah. are people happier? Yeah, what do you like, think? Like, I mean, I'm gonna leave that for you to define. Like, do you think? Like, let's start with: Are we better than we were in the year 1916? Nah. No. No. Yeah, I think we are. Um, and I, you know, especially if we can all be more aware of like everybody's things their neuroses the ways that were different you know and 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 it becomes more normalized and not marginalized then yeah then maybe then we'll be in a better place yeah yeah understand each other a little better i think uh as the younger generations come up i think people are gonna get a little bit more enlightened about like just just being a better person like i think we are have a and and this could be you know i could be uh biased on this but i think we have a better 
uh, a more accepting understanding of people and, again, uh, little, you know, quirks and things like that than, you know, our parents did, than our grandparents did, than their parents did. And I can see my niece is even more accepting than uh, than our generation is. So I think, I just think there's an enlightenment that's kind of like each generation has a little bit more, has a little bit more to give, you know. Well, I think I read, I can't remember the name of the process that's happening, but each generation is getting smarter than the last. Right. Just because they have access to more information. Um, like, for example... Try to tell that to your grandparents, though. Yeah, right? No. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because at the, the time where it really mattered when you were being exposed to information, we have way more hitting us now, yeah. for better or worse, whether right. it's advertising or whatever, but kids are learning to utilize technology. There are, you know, ads, so reading and colors and all that sort of stuff. Thought processes are happening a lot quicker now, so just on an aggregate, like, test scores and intelligence levels are increasing with every generation. So that's the stuff that excites me because I'm like, if, you know, God forbid an asteroid hits us or a super volcano goes off or some bullshit that ends our existence, I'm curious to see black where hole. the black hole spaghettification, that's Justin's preferred way that we go, black hole hits Earth somehow, wow. and then we just slowly get stretched into spaghetti. Huh. Yeah. It's a I great way to go. Pretty cool. <laughs> this, barring any, like, natural disaster like that, I'd be, I'd be so fascinated to see where we're able to go. Yeah. As people get more and more intelligent and So long as we don't hit the Great Wall. The Great Wall of of civilization that will just end us. Are you I familiar was, with the Fermi paradox? I was Brittany? honestly gonna say the Fibonacci paradox. But you I was I got Chris Volucci in my space right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Fermi paradox states why we haven't uh, seen aliens yet. Which is and they say there's the reason is that there's something called the Great Filter. And the terrifying idea would be that uh, we haven't hit it yet, meaning that every civilization reaches a point where they either basically find a way to survive a cataclysmic event, something within their evolution or their ecosystem, and they either pass it or they don't. And, for example, I think they said one of the scariest things would be is if we went to Mars and we explored it and we found the remains of another civilization, that should terrify us. Because that means there was another civilization there that didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And the odds are that we're not going to make it either. Right. So either we haven't hit it yet. Uh, either we've hit it and we somehow have survived it. But then we're the only ones that have. And every other civilization out there hasn't passed the great filter. So live in fear or be complete narcissists. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So uh, Americans. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> and the other terrifying prospect is there is, there is other alien life. But... Uh, we're broadcasting all the time, and there's probably a super predator out there, and everyone else knows smart enough to be quiet and not be like, here I am, rock you like a hurricane. Radio waves all the time. Yeah, yeah. so that they're like, we're not saying anything because... I just, whenever you say super predator, I have the funniest, I just picture like this big metal cat sitting behind like a planet, <laughs> like just like looking out going, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat that planet. I imagine a giant space spider. Do That's you? what oh, I imagine. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> just spinning its web from planet to planet and just consuming. On that note, because <laughs> you, you just gave me a, an oh, awesome throwdown. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's time for a throwdown. I have to have Doug sing me into it each time. Otherwise, he nice. won't do it. So I, I'm going to give us. Uh, we're going to do two two throwdowns. We're going to okay. bo- do both of them lightning round okay. because I had another one, but that I just want to see <laughs> oh, a giant God. space spider oh. and a and a big metal alien cat. <laughs> Go at it. 
Just like two alien forms, one both giant pred- super predators. <laughs> one right. is a space spider, and one is a metal space cat. A metal space cat. Now are we talking like it's it's made like a Terminator. Like just is it got like metal armor? It's very similar. It's like a cross between the Chitari's like big worm thing from the <laughs> okay. Avengers and Silver Surfer. Also, um, is it to scale? Like, is the spider relative to the cat yeah. as small as a spider would be to a cat in, no, in no, our world? No, or are they like they're the, the same, same size? Yeah. Oh, then the like, spider. It's got to be the spider. Spider's totally. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. Done. <laughs> that was lightning. That was lightning. <laughs> I wanted to give it to the cat, but I yeah, when you when I thought about it, I'm like, that's a big ass spider. No, that's, I was like, that spider. It's that space got, spiders it's going. Got, assuming it's you know it depends on what kind of spider it is. You right. know. Is it like you know venomous bite? I mean, it's it's got sticky stuff, right? You know, oh god, you know, if this is you know, it shoots out stars instead of like webbing, <laughs> shoots out suns, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ! But I like that one of our throwdowns ended in space. So it did okay, um, good. We, started and ended check. in space. <laughs> okay. We got that. Yep, met that criteria. <laughs> um, so the actual throwdown I wanted to do was uh, calling back to the earlier. Um, Crazy actors, um, and then the movie that kicked this all off. So I want to see a throwdown between Nicolas Cage and John Malkovich. Who wins in a hand-to-hand combat to the death? Ooh. I feel like John Malkovich is older than... Let's go prime John Malkovich and prime Nick Cage. Okay. Um... Like when they're in their prime. I feel like John Malkovich is taller, so I feel like he's got to have some reach. He just seems more sinister and like he could read your thoughts and destroy you internally. Where Nick Cage would, you know, say something pithy and hope that would be enough. I feel like Nicolas Cage now is more terrifying and and and, and off the hook yeah. than him in his prime when like he was winning Oscars. I feel like Malkovich has always had a little bit of that like don't don't look at him directly in the eye or he <laughs> might like bite your ear or something right, like that. Right, right. Whereas Cage was like, Oh yeah, I'm okay and then he slowly come become unhinged over the years. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I feel like Malkovich always had that little thing that was just a little bit off. He always had the door slightly ajar. Yeah, yeah. he was always just like, Don't look at me. <laughs> right, yeah. You Honestly, look. I was going to say, I was going to give it to Cage, just because I think he could be a little bit more just neurotic, like erratic and just, I, I think of the uh, the counting sequence, or the uh, the eight, when he went through the ABCs in that one movie. Oh, Jesus uh, was Christ, it the Vampire's Kiss. The Vampire's Kiss. God. Have you seen that scene? No. <laughs> well, you'll have to watch that scene, but uh, go, actually, go look up the, the alphabet scene in Vampire's Kiss. You describe it to her real quick, like how So it he's, he's... Like in a therapist office, and he's he's bitching about uh, how someone misfiled something. He's like, "How hard can it be to file? It goes alphabetically, A, B, C, D." And he goes through the alphabet, and as he's going, he's getting like grander and like more theatrical with it. And he to the point where at the end, you honestly think like he's gonna just snap, like punch the director, and run out of the room. Like it's <laughs> it's the most terrifyingly hysterical scene in cinema, as far as I'm concerned. I feel like that has to be like the best theatrical warm up that you can do for right. anything. All right, guys, every t- every letter as you get closer to Z, get crazy. Right, just every letter just brings you one step closer to losing your mind. So based off that, I was gonna give it to Cage, but I do like the idea that he has slowly started to go into madness while Malkovich has just been like, "Welcome, like, yeah. I've been here for years. This is my circus." Yeah, he's, exactly. Yes, he's I'm the kind go of guy Malkovich. that would be like getting a fight, and for some reason he'd already have a broken bottle in his back pocket. Like he just have the remains of it, and he just pull it out, and you're like, right. "Why don't you carry a knife?" He's like, 
Why? Nope. I've These got are my this. bottle jeans. I've got this bottle. <laughs> this bottle. works just fine. It's <laughs> just like, okay. All right. Yeah. Then, all right. I'm going to give it to Malkovich. Yeah, I'll give it to Malkovich. Yeah. All right. Malkovich all around. All right. Done. Woo! We did it. Throwdown. <laughs> <laughs> I like to make that a sound bite. Throwdown. Throwdown. <laughs> oh, God. Brittany, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. This was so much fun. Thank Thanks you. for talking about the future. You know? You're yeah. so positive. Terrifying as it is. Right. Very fun to do. So positive. Let's it, all meet up in 100 years and watch the movie together. Over a glass of cognac. Let's Am I right? It. Am I right? We can do that. Take the space elevator to Mars and we're going to go watch the Inflation movie. won't be a big deal at all. No. It'll be fine. It'll well, be no. We'll have one unified uh, currency. global currency. So that'll be fine. Yeah. And we already speak English. So the other two languages are already there. We're good to go. I mean, yeah. We're setting ourselves up for a pretty awesome hundred years. We're gonna be okay. I'm not gonna lie. We're yeah. gonna be okay. Uh, Brittany, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything that's coming up? Shows? You got anything you want to shout out to all the people out there in Mind oh, Gap gosh. Land? Gosh. Um. I, oh, I, I don't know. Follow me on Twitter. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Hate it. What's your What's your What's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's Brit Bookbinder. Brit with one T, and then Bookbinder like it sounds. Um, <laughs> that That's the whole thing. <laughs> You got anything else? Any shows or anything like that? Um, come see Cockeyed at the Annoyance. Nice. Uh, Tuesdays at 8 all month. Great. Um, month of May. Come by. Annoyance. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Like, you know, love each other. Uh, everybody should be in therapy. That's that's what I'm plugging. Amen to that. Guys, go go do therapy. <laughs> all right? You can find Mind Gap on Facebook. Uh, look us up there. And you can also find us on Twitter. And if we get 30 followers, we will start tweeting. We will start tweeting if we get 30 <laughs> people to follow us. At Mind Gap Podcast. Right now we have two. One of them is me. And one is me. And Justin has a website. You can find me online at justinstranlin.com where you can listen to this uh, podcast as well as the other one I do with Milo Stevanovich on Mondays. It's called The Best Bar Podcast Ever and it truly is the best it bar the podcast best. ever. On uh, Twitter and Instagram at Justin underscore Michael. M-I-K-E-L. Spelled the fun way. Mm. And uh, while you're in the online realm, check us out on iTunes. Subscribe. Review us. Let us know if there's a topic you want us to cover. Also check out 2East8th.com and on all the social medias 2East8th Productions. Whenever you bring up 2East8th, I always just nod my head. I'm always like, like, yeah, yep. you should do that. You should, you should check that out. You all should see this. I'm just like nodding like, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Just want everyone to know that I nod whenever he says that. Justin spoken, Doug approved. Yes. <laughs> Brittany, thanks again for being here, and we hope you come back again sometime soon. Yeah, hope so. All right, guys, we love you. See you next week. Mind Gap Podcast.